This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. Uh, my name is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And um, today we're going to talk about <laughs> outer planet transits and uh, take your questions. And uh, the title of the show could be called Get Over Your Whiny Self. It could be because we dread these outer planet transits. And uh, what I want to do today is tell you what the planet wants, what it looks like, and then how to move through it. So we're going to do an overview of uh, Saturn on out uh, for, for these outer planet transits, including Chiron, since you, you guys probably know by now that I specialize quite a bit in this, uh, in this special archetype we call Chiron. So outer planet transits or get over your whiny self. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing bad happening here. It's just you're being asked to change. You're being shown in what ways adapting to a different view of yourself, you know, introducing new behaviors, conceiving of things in a new way will actually help you grow. So, uh, the caller question number for you is 877-230 3062. Again, that's 877-230-3062. Feel free to call in at uh, any time. Sometimes I want, you know, some weeks I say, oh, after the first break or after the first half, feel free to call in at any time. I'll uh, try to hold the thread of what I what I want to tell you about these outer planet transits as we go. Um, so uh, during February, my, my announcement right now is uh, I'm doing a discount for readings for parents about their kids' soul journeys and how to work with them as conscious stewards. A lot of parents uh, these days have a sense that this little being is fully formed and that there is a reason why you have been paired together. And, uh, and that's true. There are contracts at the soul level to be teachers and stewards for each other, in fact, be teachers and students on behalf of the other. And so this month, uh, I'm doing that discount because I want to educate more parents about the soul-level journeys of kids. This is not about prediction. It's not about explaining away anything. It's about giving you insights into how the multi-life journey affects their consciousness and how they develop. People who take advantage of this will be able to use this information, this hour's worth of information, for years to work more consciously with where this kid has been to understand where fears come from, where resistance and hesitancy come from. You know, not all kids resist structure. Not all kids are afraid of the dark for forever. You know, not all kids um, have expression of will problems or don't want to speak up. It's like, so what is unique to each of us as beings is shaped by this multi-life journey. So I want to give you insights and tools to to work with your little ones more consciously. Uh, the details are uh, for the parents 
of a kid, and the, the kid has to be under 18 at the time of the reading. So so that that's the deal. But go to my site. That's 125 bucks. That's a steal, people, to be able to have information to use for 10 or 15 or 20 years to understand somebody better, getting this overview of the soul's journey. Uh, you can also um, – Make sure you check out the books that I have. There are uh, 13 uh, between – there's one ebook and then 12 things available in paperback with 13 titles on astrology, mythology, spirituality on Kindle and Amazon and through my site, tdjacobs.com. So today, Outer Planet Transits. And um, you know this, this, this thing is that there is a pressure that comes in. There's an opportunity that comes in, but the outer planets aren't – personal planets. So we don't always tend to identify with the forces, the energies that come to us in the form of outer planet transits. One of the goals for doing this topic this week is to, you know, especially in the um, perhaps provocative title or subtitle, uh, Get Over Your Whiny Self, is to ask you to cease feeling like a victim when an outer planet comes to ask you a question. Your empowerment as a human, your ability to stay in your body and, and feel confident and feel happy about being here rests on your responses. It's in part rests on your responses to these questions. So I want to kind of run through them and then give me a call uh, to, to ask your own, your own questions. The number is 877-230-3062. And uh, starting with Saturn, the planet of structure, discipline, authority, and maturity, Saturn's questions – are inspired to get you to add more of those things to your life. Saturn's questions always ask you to step back and be realistic. What it feels like, and then make a long-term plan, what, what it feels like uh, is pressure, weightiness, heaviness, the mantle of new responsibility, you know, dryness, um, seriousness is what it feels like. If you're willing to look at, with realism, at what might not be working optimally and might not be serving you as a vehicle to, you know, move into your next phase of life, then of course you won't want to deal with the Saturn thing. But if you're willing to see it that way and you're willing to take a cue from the planet that says, well, you have to roll up your sleeves and you have to be more responsible. And, and as I say, realism is, is a key. So what is it that doesn't work? What is it? that I'm being asked to change. And then we have to have faith. We have to trust that that's for, that's for, our, uh, for our betterment. Now, when that comes in the form of new responsibility, that can be terrific as well as tiring. But when it comes in the form of clean up this old thing that you never bothered to clean up, get organized with this commitment you made but never followed through on, when it comes in that form, of course it's not fun. But responding consciously in small increments – will make the Saturn um, energy surrounding you and coming to you uh, work much more effectively. Saturn success depends on the long haul. And so if you work on things with the, the long-term view in mind and you're able to actually progress in an intentional way using that realism, introducing structure, becoming more disciplined and more intentional about your goals and being more committed uh, – to achieving them, which can be ambition in certain ways, then you can move through it in an intentional way. It is tiring, but you have to know that it's for your own highest good. Otherwise, your whiny self might come out. So that's that's the that's the basic on the Saturn thing. I am including Chiron, so here we go with Chiron. 
Chiron, it's not about wounding and healing. It's actually about energetic sensitivity. So if you haven't checked out Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, the key and how to use it, which is a, a, one of those 13 books, I encourage you to do so. It will open your mind about a new way, which is an energetic approach, which could lead to spiritual growth uh, and human evolution in your very own self uh, when it comes to Chiron in all, in all forms of it or all things about it that we work with in astrology, natal placements, progressions and transits, uh, that kind of thing. And um, Chiron comes around by transit. It will look like it's about wounding and healing. Oftentimes in the form of suffering that rises up within you and needs attention or suffering in others that comes to you and frankly should be understood as reflecting something that you're experiencing under the surface perhaps you don't know about. It wants you to increase your compassionate response to suffering. That's the bottom line on Chiron Transits. It wants you to open up to sense energy, to be more sensitive emotionally it's the energy antenna within us. That's the function of it, to make us sensitive to energy and then to learn to work in conscious ways through compassion. So during Chiron Transit, it is very common for people to draw whiny others to them or people who are having a problem. I'm kind of being facetious about that, but people who might be having a problem dealing with an emotion or a pattern or something about themselves. And there's this need to open up energetically. Another thing about Chiron being the energy antenna is uh, it's a source of information. Energetic information is different from, you know, a thought that you have, from uh, any sensory input you have through your five senses. It's different from words, right? Somebody telling you something or you're reading something. It's very, it's very different. It's this energetic awareness that you feel perhaps all over your body. And you can sense when you're tuned to it subtle changes in the uh, you know the energy in a room, you know the air in a room, the the sudden change somebody can can go through when uh, when a, an emotion within him or her comes to the surface and is about to change the conversation. That's a Chiron sensitivity, sensing the changes in, in energy currents. And so these transits want you to become more sensitive to that. And oftentimes the vehicle is uh, dealing with other people's suffering. So you then can ideally take it as a reflection that your own suffering needs addressing, but most of us stop there. And there's a real a very critical skill to evolving as a human to learning to respond compassionately to all forms of suffering inside us as well as in other people. So the compassionate response is the single greatest tool to deal with with a Chiron, with a Chiron transit. And I will say something for, for people with Chiron and Pisces having their Chiron return. Um, I was actually surprised. I was doing some research on my site statistics, uh, and I noticed that Chiron return was one of the leading search terms uh, through which people had found uh, my site in general, uh, Chiron and Pisces, Chiron return and Pisces. And um, I thought it was really interesting. And I realized that, you know, a great number of people have Chiron and Pisces. The the two most populous Chiron signs are Pisces and Aries, because in that uh, part of its orbit and its elliptical orbit, it will spend the most time in those two signs. So tons of people, you know, have been gearing up for their Chiron return and Pisces. And, and the Chiron return is this boost 
you know, it's a boost of sensitivity energy, right? And again, in the form of being aware of suffering or pain with the opportunity to make a decision to be compassionate with the self. And there are tons of otherwise wonderfully high-functioning people who when they, you know, get to be around 49 to 51, because this return is about 50 years, the orbit's about 50 years, they find themselves finally putting to bed some issues from childhood about how their parents did or didn't treat them. And that's a huge part of how we're imprinted with Chiron. You'll find out on that in the Chiron 2012 and Aquarian Age book. So the Chiron return is this opportunity to um, to do that. And people who are you know having their Chiron returns right now uh, have Neptune there as well. So um, in a minute I'll talk about Neptune transits, but it's even this this deeper uh, energetic sensitivity and invitation for a compassionate response with Nept- with Neptune there. And um, you know these people do have Pluto and Virgo. So they do need to kind of get over their analytical selves <laughs> and, um, and to, you know, to, to move into thinking and analyzing and controlling less and moving into feeling more and allowing life to flow through them, you know, consciousness, energy, life, love to flow through them. So that's a bit on the Chiron. And then the next one is Uranus. And, um, you know, Uranus transits are famous for, uh, sometimes tragedy, sometimes you know, sudden freedom that changes everything. Uh, the images of, uh, well, what Uranus wants is for you to free yourself from whatever constricts you. What it feels like is you're supposed to make an awful choice. That's what it feels like. You will notice that you're bored with something. You're unhappy. You you feel stultified. You know it's not working. You are not you know depending on your your, you know, wordage, but you're not self-actualized, you're not free, you're not alive, you're not, you know, you're feeling stifled. So your honest transits always want you to free yourself through making some kind of self-interested decision, especially now with your honest and Aries, wants you to be self-interested with whatever it's touching. And um, so you have um, this pressure to make a choice, but it's all internal pressure. It's like, I'm the person who's sitting here aware that I'm not free. This doesn't work. What's the problem? You know, this, this, this impulse to free the self. People sometimes explode during Uranus transit because while they have insights along the way, perhaps for years, you know, leading up to an, a transit, that something might not work right, but I can put off dealing with that. I might not have to deal with that. I might not be free might not be actualized and happy and full of vim and vigor, but you know what? Things aren't that bad. And so there kind of can be a kind of complacency, which can lead to boredom. And then the Uranus transit happens, and suddenly people can get really ticked off with themselves about not having changed the thing or suddenly realizing the cost of not creating freedom is too great. And it's just too painful to, you know, to deal with. So the Uranus t- thing tends to be a boiler. You know, the thing external, the, the, the external thing with Uranus transit is a question. Are you willing to be free? And you'll probably find yourself with, within a situation of some kind, a context, in which you don't feel free. And so this impulse to break free. Now, if you don't do it, the external effect can be to free you. There are lots of people who have Uranus transits who don't make another choice, whose life circumstances change dramatically, even if they don't choose it. If you don't make a choice, it's the same as 
uh, making a choice because a choice will be made for you. It's true for any energy, but it, the stakes get really um, kind of dramatic and intense and spiked. And the volume is cranked up when when it is uh, Uranus. So uh, give give me a call at 877-230-3062 with your questions on your own outer planet transits or if you have a general question. And we're going to take our first break now, so stay with me. Answers to help you navigate life. The book Jehudi Speaks offers wisdom channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth, Saint Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred, and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. Uh, my name today is Tom Jacobs, uh, your host from tdjacobs.com, uh, author, teacher, tutor, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you can read all about what I'm up to at that site. Today we're, I'm talking about outer planet transit, sitting here being lonely because none of you is calling with your questions. I know you have questions. Why are you not calling? Anyway, uh, try not to sound you know needy and pathetic, but Pluto, Venus, and Libra, I, I need you to ask me questions. <laughs> That's what. Hi, I'm here. So give me a call at 877-230-3062. Uh, outer planet transits. So I'm on Uranus right now. <laughs> I actually probably am literally on Uranus right now. But um, uh, these transits want you to break free. And if you don't do it, some situation will change seemingly against your will. So the, the greatest way to navigate Uranus transits are to stay tuned for the subtle impatiences that arise within you in established situations and be honest with yourself about, well, is this something that matters or is this something that not matters? And if you ask that question enough, maybe the sixth or seventh time, some part of you says, you know what, this, this really, wait a minute, what th- that really matters. I, I don't want that. And then you can move into more consciously dealing with something. And it's like when people manifest health issues, there are messages from the body and the emotional energetic field 
there are dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and thousands of these messages. And if we don't listen to them, something can manifest. And in the same way with, uh, with Uranus transits, it's really good to get to know uh, how we are, who we are, what we want, what we don't want, what works well for us, where we feel stifled, and keep a close eye on that. So that's the uh, Uranus deal, sudden freedom. Uh, some some people actually do experience, um, you know, the end of life as they know it. Many people do actually during Uranus transit, and change is good. <laughs> so you know, Uranus being the anti-Saturn, you know, Saturn you're supposed to um, hunker down and, and do something for the long haul. Uranus you're supposed to say, you know what, the cost is too high, or this is the wrong direction. Let me free myself with this. The anti-Saturn. And and next out is Neptune. Uh, Neptune is, well, the transits feel like you're losing control. And ideally you are. <laughs> what it wants is for you to flow with life. For some people, that's finally trusting intuition. For other people, it's admitting there's some kind of energy consciousness outside the self, which would be a way of saying opening up egoic identification to some some broader scope, you know, opening up to some other level of knowing the self. What it looks like is you're losing control. You you can't count anymore. The words fall out of your mouth. You don't even know where they came from. Uh, it looks like you get lost. It looks like you can't follow things. You might lose track of time. Whatever planet it's touching, planet or angle, that is the the context. That's what's going to be uh, sensing a loss of control. So all Neptune transits are about opening up to flowing with life in more conscious, intentional ways. They get a horrible rap because of the tendency towards escapism that is inherent in all Neptune frequencies within us. So actually, uh, put a put a pin in that. We have a we do have a caller. Her name is uh, Dorothy, and let me give you her birth data: um, March twenty fifth. 1943, 6.57 a.m. in Jember, Indonesia. And that's J-E-M, like Mary, B like boy, E-R, Jember, Indonesia. So, uh, Dorothy, are you here? Yes, I am. Thank Hi. you for taking my call. Oh, thank you for calling in. My put on Libra was getting desperately lonely. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I'm, I'm happy to have you on. So uh, what, what's your question today, Dorothy? Well, uh, I'm an astrology buff, so I know a little bit about astrology. But um, I've got um, Uranus two degrees past my sun and uh, Saturn just past my moon. And I'm just wondering what I can kind of expect. I mean, I, I do see changes in my life. I seem to be exercising and thinking about health and stuff. But I'd like some guidance there, please. Great. Yeah, yeah, specifically on those two. Well, so let's start with the sun, since the sun is kind of the, the inner decision maker, you know, the final arbiter within your, uh, within your conscious self. So you have this, it, it's, uh, we have a 24 degree Taurus rising, yes? No, I have a 24 degrees Pisces rising, first degree sun, first house sun. This- this is so strange. Okay, May 25th, 1940s. No, March 25th. Oh, my gosh. See, this is why I'm asking, because I'm having Neptune square, Neptune Mercury. And ah. so that's why we're confirming this. And ironically, there's some weird uh, 
error in a chart for somebody who was born in Indonesia that I that I did a, a recorded reading for last week, and you wrote me and said you're an hour wrong, and I can't even figure out how it happened. I so think anyway, I, I was this. born Japanese Standard Time, and that's the time is sometimes uh, the problem there. I see, I see. So March 25th, 1943, 6.57 a.m., mm-hmm. 24 Pisces. Got it, Okay. Because I can do a wonderful reading for you with the wrong chart. It just won't land well, which won't be you. Okay. Uh, so we have the sun right on the ascendant in Pisces. Hmm. Tell me again the question. I'm sorry. I'm having a Neptune moment. Well, I have uh, both those big planets, outer planets, yeah. near personal planets, you know, uh-huh. the sun. The sun is, uh, Uranus is two degrees past my sun, almost Got back. It. And then okay. the moon is the same, I mean, uh, Saturn is past my okay. moon. Thank you. I'm also having a visual thing because in the chart, then the sun looks like it's right in the ascendant, but the numbers, I'm sorry, a little Mercury Neptune. Okay. So Uranus coming to the sun wants you to free your conception of who you are. And yes, health is a huge part of that. And in the first house in Aries, your, your sense of vitality, aliveness your your willingness to be bold to be seen you know unique independent forthright right any kind of leadership qualities that that you'll naturally possess uranus says there's a little patina on this one there's a little sheet thrown over this one like it's old furniture you just bring it all out shine it up and and start being that airy self in an even new way so so that's a huge thing with this, but also two other small bodies conjunct the sun that I want to add to this, this story for you. Uh, one is uh, the asteroid Arjun Suri, which is something that I've introduced to our astrological community. And um, the full story is in Living Myth, our Exploring Archetypal Journeys, that book. But Arjun Suri is about inner wisdom and our relationship to conscience. So for you, being bold will set you apart because you can only listen to your inner your inner conscience, your inner wisdom. So Uranus is also wanting you to reinvest in that expression. And then Eris, the dwarf planet, uh, is at five Aries also on these two. And Eris, you know, it, it actually well, – I've been doing some research on this the last maybe almost a year. And Eris, um, we create chaos because when we do Eris because we stir others' insecurities and then they have a choice about how to treat us in response. Like their vulnerabilities laid bare. Now, I can get angry with you because I feel vulnerable and threatened, or I can get humble because you're teaching me something valuable about myself. You're showing me something unprocessed. So it's not just the first house, Aries Sun. It's also that you have to listen to inner wisdom and that you're going to stir other people's stuff that they have not processed yet when you do Aries. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm, I, I realize I can do that. It's a, it's a super heroine power for you. It's wonderful because you're a catalyst, even when you don't want to be. You're, you're a catalyst by being, by being an example of trusting yourself. And so that Uranus is saying, that is a divine gift. You know, when so you, I'm getting chills as I say this. when I'm doing that, even though others don't like it. That's right. And you look at them compassionately as, you know, divine beings just like you, but you are inadvertently, if your heart's in the right place, you know, if you're vibrating, you're just doing what you're doing because you're doing it. And just forthrightness is the best policy for you. You know, you're not trying to push people's buttons, <laughs> but it's happening. So look at them as somebody who is feeling from under the surface an insecurity or vulnerability rise up 
and you know is uh, they're challenged because you're con- if you're confident they might want to make you wrong because they're not feeling confident right in that moment e- even very confident people so yes even if they don't like it you just look at them compassionately and understand that you are being a catalyst for them in a way that they do not want to experience right then because it's hard to be vulnerable I call it my tough love stuff perfect that's it perfect and because you're if you can be conscious of that that's great otherwise you're just going from you know situation to situation where people make you wrong for just being naturally who you are Mm -hmm. which is a very eris kind of thing to experience so so good so you have a handle on that that's good uh but but the uranus thing is free yourself from any hesitation or self-doubt or free yourself from you know not saying this in a to be mean but like in a coddling way or or if you try because you also have neptune in the seventh opposing that in Libra. So you're going to also be sensitive to how your behaviors affect other people. So trust, you know, Neptune kind of trusting some truth or higher wisdom. Trust that if you're making somebody uncomfortable, you know, if your heart's in the right place, it's great because you're being a catalyst for the person. You're showing them what they haven't figured out how to heal and process. Yeah. It's a a super heroin thing. Compassionate love, but honest and forthright. And like you say, tough love, telling it like it is. Don't ever pull punches. Yeah. Yeah. My Aries kind of tends to, it is love. I mean, I do care about these people, you know. Yes. My Aries kind of doesn't let it get swept under the carpet. That's exactly right. But most of us are trying to have other people help us sweep our stuff under the carpet and not recognize the truth of something. That's just survival, emotional survival strategies. So, yeah, so that's the sun bit. And then the Saturn on your eighth house Scorpio moon. Or just past it now, but it will retrograde back. Um, so the eighth house Scorpio moon, to be happy, you have to be honest. It's kind of an echo, you know, uh, it's kind of an echo of that sun in Aries in the first. And, um, Saturn there says, oh, ooh, you have to trust. You have to be willing to be vulnerable as well. And so Saturn transiting, it says, are there structures in your life that are not, um, up to speed with you know, creating trust. Are you not creating trust? What is the real situation with how you do or don't trust, how other people trust you? This automatically calls up boundary issues, what you may tend to give that might actually be leaking as opposed to giving. If you know what that means, you know what I'm talking about? I'll say it again. In the idea of we, we give, right? It's a very kind of moon idea, but there are also times when we give to the point of leaking energy. Giving too much, you mean? Yes, or giving for the wrong reasons at the wrong times. Oh, the idea, wrong okay. the tough love is a correction for codependency, right? Uh-huh. You know, and so that's what we're talking about. This new levels of boundaries, but also realism about what you need. This would have you facing any parts of you. This transit to that that might be inclined to not reveal a personal truth because you don't want to feel too vulnerable or Perhaps somebody in the past has taken advantage of you, so you might be a little guarded. Normal for an eighth house moon or a Scorpio moon, you know, a little in the intersection. So realistically, what is it that, you know, how do I flow emotionally? And getting to know that inner eighth house thing, I was actually uh, talking to somebody earlier today about uh, stuff in the eighth. We need to be in the eighth house for this planet to feel good, but when we're in the eighth house in this vulnerable place where we're showing ourselves or we're opening up energetically, then any things that are in process from our history about that planet can come up. 
Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, it was somebody with Pluto in the eighth, and 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 in an eighth house space, some emotion welled up. And I think I think she was a little surprised, and I was like, "Well, no, that's completely normal because Pluto's there. You trusting somebody, you're opening, and something gets revealed. So for you, you know, it's Moon. So if there were any trust issues in family when you were growing up, if you felt like you couldn't really be forthright and honest and and ask hard questions as well as answer difficult questions about you, you know, about others and you, then then this would be the realism to look at straight in the eye and to construct, you know, construct a plan to work through it." Well, so you know, the- I really feel like 213, everything changed. I've turned a corner and moved in a really new direction. I feel really good. Great. And, and that's a good sign, so I, that must mean some of the stuff I've worked through already. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing tough love things with other people, you're obviously doing it with yourself, and that's a great tool to come into transits like these. Oh, yeah, I've worked on my <laughs> stuff for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you can tell that. Can tell that. Well, thank you for calling. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for listening too. Take care, Dorothy. And now the next caller we have is uh, Julie. And Julie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Julie. How Let me you? give everyone your your birth your birth data, and I'm going to try not to mess it mess it up again. So July 25th. I don't I don't know. Like numbers and words are really challenging for me at this stage of my life. The details. July 25th, 1954, at 11.42 p.m. in Columbus, Ohio. 11.42, okay. So, and, and, and you're asking about career stuff? Put it, put it in your own words. Let me know what's going on for you right now. Well, I have a job that I just don't feel it's real safe. I mean, there's a lot of chaos and changes going on, and... I just dread going to work anymore. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. Okay, great. Let me just pull this chart up. Can you have a four-degree Taurus rising? Is that true? I'm not sure about all that stuff. Okay. Okay, right on. Okay. Okay, so career stuff. Mm. Let's see. Let's just look at these transits. So first thing I noticed natally is the Chiron in the 10th. Let me just look to see if it's being uh, stimulated by something. <laughs> um let me see, coming in the 10th, 25 Capricorn in the 10th. Oh, just looking for n- kind of normal pressures like that. Well, let me start there, and then I'll and then I'll look at um, the Saturn transit for you. Uh, having just been through your second Saturn return, it's right on the descent. It, that that does matter. Um, but you know, Saturn energy does is associated with the 10th house. So this Chiron conversation is you know part of this for you. Wherever Chiron is in our chart, we will be unique, and we can't help but do something differently if we're honest about ourselves. What comes with that is a fear of being laughed at, ridiculed, teased, rejected because we're different. So if you have a pretty normal type job, your Chiron might not feel very happy, but at least you're safe and you're not doing something weird and being pointed at. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay, so that that's the first that's the first thing that's a that's going to be a baseline thing here, and then we look at your natal Saturn on the descendant in Scorpio, and sometimes with Saturn on the descendant, our inner authority function, like the uh, the inner adult, can be influenced greatly by other people or the or others' ideas or expectations. So you have just gone through your second Saturn return, which puts pressure on 
the, the idea of what an adult is for you. Look, my time on Earth, the clock is ticking. Is this what life really is about? You know, Saturn within us needs to be productive. So if the job that you have is somehow was chosen or created by you because of an idea of what you should be like, what an adult is, what a career should be like, it's going to crumble at some point, and the Saturn return would would uh, would do that. The pressure for you to reclaim something about your inner Saturn, which is that I am in charge of me. I'm the boss of me. Does that make sense to you, Julie? Um, yeah, a little bit. Some, in some way. Yeah. It's okay if it doesn't. I'm not offended. Or, you know. Uh, well, tell me, tell me then. Tell me more about what's happening. Like you're just dreading going in. What is it that you dread about it? Let's start there. Uh, well, there's been a lot of people retiring. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then often early out, so people do retire. You know, my boss retired. Now I have somebody else filling in for her, and, she, and this person doesn't really know anything of the job. I mean, there's just no okay. accountability for anybody. They just you know, people just come in and pretty much do what they want to do, and the mm. company's going downhill, and yeah, yeah, it's really out of our hands. So you can see, you have insights into how to run a business that maybe other people are not having right now. Is that fair? Well, I, it's it's a federal job. It's the postal service where okay. I work. Okay. Okay. So you know they um, have their own rules, and yeah, you know. The machine. It's kind of like right. a whole, like logic machine that's specific to the. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> um, well, um, for you, you know, with all the with this uh, Saturn NATO and then the Saturn return, what you receive from others, any support you receive, and you're going to be, you know, is a big deal, and you're going to be noticing, you know, at the Saturn return that you kind of maybe have given away your power by being in this situation. It's kind of like a hallmark card phrase, you know, kind of like a new agey phrase, but it's, um, but it's true, giving away power with the Saturn and the seventh. And so you're supposed to take back your ability to make decisions for yourself and to do what you know is the right thing to do. I mean, Saturn is also about morals and ethics. I mean, it's about structure and discipline and, and work, but you know, you're not, your, your work, your work ethic is not being received. You know what I mean? It's not being respected at all because you're within this particular machine. Mm-hmm. Is there is there something else you would rather be doing that would light you up and make you happy about being alive? Yeah, but I just don't really know what that is. <laughs> so I'll invite you to, to do imagination games and to give yourself permission to envision something like, like metaphysical sp- spaghetti on the metaphysical wall. Like see if something sticks. Like imagine yourself in different things, but I, but I want you to understand that. A, a straight corporate or government structure might not end up working best for you because you wouldn't shine in a place where your contributions aren't really understood or received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stay stay with me. We're going to take our second break, but stay on the line and we'll and we'll finish okay. this up. We're going to take right. our second break right now. Okay. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth 
St. Germain, and Merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times. Jehudi Speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on Earth now. A compilation of four channeled books, Jehudi Speaks explores karmic relationships, our relationships with animals, loss and death of all kinds, why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and today we're talking about uh, outer planet transits, and Julie, our caller, is still on the horn. So, Julie, actually, during the break, I didn't, re- I didn't realize you were there. I would have chatted, but I was studying your chart, just kind of looking for other <laughs> indications. And, you know, right now there's kind of a, a pileup, you know, in Aquarius and Pisces transiting the sky right now. This is all in your 11th house. And that is about looking to the future and establishing mm-hmm. goals. So, so, so right now, it's going to be important for you to do that imagination work. You know, what would I like to do? Would I like to be in a, in a, in a, in a service-oriented thing? Would I like to be more creative? Would I like to be speaking? You know, what, whatever it is that, that, that like you would like to do, like, like work on goals right now and allow yourself the freedom to imagine yourself happier. You can even just sit down, decide to be happy, and then kind of construct a vision around you. Oh, what does it look like here? What's the dynamic like? How am I making money? What does my life and my home look like? All these things are important here. The other thing, you know, you have Pluto natally in the fifth house in Leo, and that's all about creative self-expression. It doesn't have to be art. Certainly, it doesn't have to be art. You, you are a Leo son, so perhaps there's you know more creativity you know in there with you, but. Pluto in the fifth and Leo, the basic currency is your own opinion. So you are empowered, which is a Pluto keyword, in life through expressing your own opinion. And the Pluto's in a really uh, difficult relationship with that Chiron and Capricorn in the tenth. So, you know, any structure, any corporate thing, any government thing, any office-like thing you find yourself in, you're you're going to feel out of place in certain ways that you can't really express yourself. It's a karmic repeat. I think that in certain lives you get trapped in, in jobs that don't do anything for your self-expression, and that's really what the problem is, that you're not heard, you're not seen, you can't really do what you want to do. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that's the bottom line. So because of this karmic setup, uh, and I'm getting a hit from your guides to, to, to go down this road with you for a minute, give yourself permission to be free to express yourself in your unique and authentic ways. Like, 
uh, hold on a second. Maybe I can give you an affirmation specific. They're still here. They're like really wanting you to hear this. <laughs> uh, they come through and I get chills and I feel like they're right on top of me. Like, hey, hey, tell her this. So, um, yeah. So, so you know, I, I free myself from the idea that I can't express myself. I'm free to do it this way. Sorry, do it this way. I'm free to express myself. I'm always free to express myself. And do that, and it will change something on the inside. If you if you harp on it, I mean doing it like in the background, in your head, mm-hmm. hundreds of times a day. And and when a part comes up and you just feel like, oh, just no, it's not true. Just say it's true, and you keep doing it until something shifts. Because this Pluto thing for you, you know, you you can live entire lives without feeling fulfilled, not feeling heard. Not feeling that your opinion counts or matters. And honestly, working at the Postal Service is the perfect incubator for this karma. But so mm-hmm. even while you're there, I can't see you choosing to stay there forever, but I would hate it if you would quit in anger and just go do something similar. So right. while you're there, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no reason to quit in anger because you know you are creating this to show you how important your shininess is. Pluto and Leo in the fifth, shiny, is critical. So, you know, what makes you joyful? What makes you laugh and open? What makes you, your eyes get wide, your heart open, and you want to tell somebody something that you've learned or you want to learn from somebody what they've learned? That kind of opening up is going to be important, but you're also going to have to heal along the way any parts of you that don't believe you can do it because that's the karmic imprint. Does that make sense to you? I'm going to have to dig for that. (laughs) You are going to have to dig for that. But seriously, affirmations like I'm free to express myself, that's where to start because then you start to see that the world is potentially full of options. It's not just stuck in a rut or this is what tomorrow looks like is what every day for the rest of my life looks like. That's a belief. And by the way, karma I define as belief. It's like something happens, in this case – you're in some boring job in some life because of necessity, right. and then you can't be you can't be fully expressed. And I'm not even talking about this life. This life is like an echo or, or a mirror, a repeat. So then you say, well, you know, maybe it, maybe this is what it is. There's some um, there's some some life you're because now your guides are really coming through. There's some life that they're they're pointing at to me where there's no room for art. And necessity takes over because the community itself is wounded. And that's a Chiron in the 10th. You know, community is wounded. Society is wounded. And that, the quincunx to Pluto, it's the quincunx, this, this weird relationship that's about 150 degrees in the chart for, away from each other. It, it makes them two things feel like they can't be in the same room together. So your job and your shininess, your heart, your warmth, your creativity, your opinions, they can't be in the same room together. But in some other life, a, de- a belief developed about that because of necessity. Well, in this life, 2013, you know, uh, can, I, can I ask you where in the country you live? Um, Ohio. Ohio. Are you near a big city? Yeah, uh, by Columbus, Ohio. You're by Columbus. You know, uh-huh. I, I'm actually from Ohio, so I know that, like, the cities in Ohio aren't always the most progressive. Uh-huh. Um but you're near a city. There are so many different kinds of people running around places. And I know Columbus does have, does have certain cultural things and arty things and, you know, um, and so, so, but, but if you change the belief, 
that work has to be boring or that work is about being stuck, if you change that, then you change the karma and you start to see opportunities. You start to be open to something changing and that's how it's going to change. Because like I said, I would really prefer it if you didn't just overflow and get sick of this, quit this in anger and then do something else or stay there and feel like life is awful. Like you don't right. have to do either of those things. But but look at it as a creation, you know, something that you're basically have not been aware that you're creating. But it's to show you how incredibly important what you want to do is. I so, just feel like, you know, my job, I'm sort of like getting stuck in a rut there. Yes. I'm my living arrangements are pretty much the same mm-hmm. situation. Uh, I'm living with my son and his family because I sold my house and moved in with them to help them out because my daughter-in-law uh-huh. lost her job. Now uh-huh. I just feel like I can't leave because they're depending on me. So and okay, I want my own place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so free you yourself know. from having to sacrifice everything about who you are. I mean, I'm giving you these ideas for three different affirmations, you know, and I and I encourage you to to play with at least one right now, and then and then ex, you know expand later. And you can get the recording of this, by the way, uh, either through iTunes, you know, subscribe to the podcast, uh, or through tdjacobs.com forward slash soul s o u l dot html. You can download the the individual episode, and oh, and and. Fun. Yeah, and take take this to heart and come back and use these affirmations. You can listen to this again because the external circumstance in our lives reflects an internal thing. And when we work on the internal thing and change it, which is changing a belief, changing an idea and an expectation about what's happening and what should happen, then the outer world, you start to see how it's going to change. Like, like, yeah, I'll just give you an example. I'm doing, I'm teaching a course right now, and one of the students uh, wrote me with a question um, about understanding a very difficult relationship at work. And mm-hmm. um, and this person, this other person who's in a position of authority, was just really hard on her and harsh in an inappropriate way. And she said, "How can I understand this from a, an energetic, spiritual, consciousness point of view?" And I said, "Her criticism of you reflects your willingness to criticize yourself and to receive." critique in a harsh way so look at her as just a reflection so for you know and and she wrote today saying the person was incredibly nice to her the day after she changed her mind about criticizing her own self so this really works an external thing changes it's not reality your job is not reality your job is a reflection and your experience at home right now is a reflection of certain things so for you, it's important to, in a, you know, kindly and compassionately, but put yourself first and make the decision that your own Leo fifth house Pluto self is important. I encourage you actually to also look up some keywords for the fifth house and Leo, and you know, don't stick with any stereotypes, you know, because me, me, me is a is a stereotype. You know, I'm the center of attention is a, is a is a negative view of Leo, but positively, yes, you should be the center of your own attention. It's it's great to be you know to, to do things for our families too, but you need to invest in your own vision of who you are, and that's going to be incredibly important for you. And so look at the external realities as reflecting something you haven't changed yet. Do you know what I'm ta- you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, it requires having some faith and not believing what your brain tells you. That's the other part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you just have you have to remember that your mind is trying to ascertain what's wrong. It's not able to fix the problem so you do these affirmations and things like that and you can and you can change things and, and good, good luck to you and thank you very much for calling in 
getting my lonely Libra self off the hook here. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Take care. <laughs> so we have just a, just a few minutes uh, left in our time together this week. And, uh, um, let me, I'm just going to give you some keyword ideas for the other out of point of trends that I didn't mention. Um, uh, I talked about the Neptune thing. Pluto wants to bulldoze everything that doesn't work. And we, of course, get very attached to our identities. Uh, but uh, Pluto comes around and says, actually, that identity isn't authentic. Dig deep. Find out who you really are. Go to your own underworld. Look at what's there. Know yourself. And then come back and change something. And the, the horrible rap that Pluto transits get is a result of us not being willing to surrender identities. You know, I am somebody to whom this happens. I am somebody who owns this. You know, that kind of thing, these identities. I'm somebody who uh, has these relationships, and this is what I like about myself. And Pluto says it's not enough. You have to dig deep and be authentic. And it is the brick wall. It is a brick wall of reality because you cannot fight Pluto. You can only – you know, you have to be confident, but you also have to be humble to look beneath the surface the surface in order to uh, to really get what's happening and what you're resisting. It's trying to dredge your, your – uh, you're unconscious. So, you know, there's always something you don't know about yourself. There's always a cache of info, emotional, energetic, historical, idea-wise, belief-wise. So, so that's the deal on the Pluto transits. Um, I wish I had time for Eris, actually, because uh, most people don't think Eris transits matter because it's so slow. It's something like a, I want to say, 557-year orbit. But, um, but it does matter. And so uh, maybe there'll be an Eris show coming up since I've been working on Eris uh, quite a bit the last year. So um, I want to put your your attention also on the uh, the new Autism MP3 uh, that I released maybe a week or ten days ago, uh, channeled from Ascended Master Jehudi to understand uh, the opportunity that these souls are and taking advantage of. Basically, why would a person, you know, manifest autism? Why would a person, you know, manifest that? You know, you can look at the chemical. Uh, biophysical, electromagnetic causes and all these things, and these are valid, but a person would be inclined or susceptible to developing it because of certain karmic situations. So Juhudi talks about the individual soul journeys and then the family context and what families are supposed to learn through experiencing this with you know, their own children uh, who have uh, autism or a related uh, situation. And then the uh, and then also the collective. Why is humanity experiencing this? What What's important about that for us? So that's through tdjacobs.com as well. And um, again, there's a reading sale for, for parents to understand more about their kids. Uh, go to tdjacobs.com and uh, find out all about that. That's through the end of February. Thanks for joining me. Next week is Valentine's Day, and I'm going to do a whole show – called something like love love relationships love cleaning up garbage what's a karmic relationship and love something like that's kind of the rough title right now so join me uh, through that and be in touch through tdjacobs.com have a great week you've been listening to the soul's journey with tom jacobs a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom for more information tune in every thursday at 6 p.m pacific Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.